Welcome back, everybody, to the Parallel Journey podcast. This is episode three. Uh, Last week, we left you guys off with a general definition of wellness and told you that we would be talking about physical and environmental. But after a little discussion, we decided that um, we are only going to be covering one type of wellness per week because... They are just so loaded and there's so much that we want to contribute to each topic. We want to give it its own light. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything else to say about it? No, I think that's spot on. I think as we got into conversations, it went a little deeper than we anticipated. And Mm -hmm. we realized the complexities of everything. Um, And I think part of it, too, is that we don't want to be like every other wellness platform out there and whitewash it or talk about only things that apply to us. We're trying, especially after the last month of learning and unlearning and relearning, that there is so much more depth and there's so much more intersectionality involved in wellness that we want to talk about. Mm -hmm. We want to get into the nitty gritty of it all. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we forget Let's do our emotions check-in. Allie, how are you feeling? I am feeling a little jittery because I just had some more coffee. (laughs) But I would say that I'm feeling hopeful. Um, I would... The past couple of weeks have been really hard emotionally just with everything going on in the political climate along with civil rights movements happening and everything going on in the world has been really heavy. Um, and so I felt really distracted and foggy over the past couple of weeks. And the last couple of days have been a little bit clearer, um, taking care of myself, getting some things put in place where I can continue taking care of myself. So feeling hopeful. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I, what about you? Yeah. I'm kind of, was going to say like I have renewed energy today. Um, Yesterday was like a really heavy day for me in terms of just anxiety around what the school year will be. And Mm -hmm. because of the social and political issues, but also the pandemic. So um, I was cycling too much in my head about it yesterday. And I woke up today with like more perspective and um, actually did my normal routine. I've been out of routine for a few days, so it felt, I feel good, feel renewed. And like I will have said, and I think we'll always say, I get so energized when we sit down to record because we are, I'm so ignited about the things that we have to say. And I feel like I have, I keep it all pent up until we get to actually talk on, (laughs) on the topics. Yeah, definitely. I feel very similar. We'll be right back. Now back to the show. Physical wellness. I feel like it gets mixed up with physical fitness more than anything. So do you want to hit everyone with a general definition before we kind of dive into what it looks like for us and and give people the tools to implement it? Absolutely. Um, So the World Health Organization defines physical wellness as maintaining a level of satisfaction with your physical body. 
Um, the National Health Institute also uses that same definition. Um, both are world organizations, international organizations, um, that our federal government does help fund. So I'll give some context there. I think a lot of that is important. Um, and this definition was adopted in the 1980s, but has kind of shifted and changed as we learn more about what physical wellness means. Um, move my hair out of the way. <laughs> Um, so it's also connected to so many other different areas of wellness. Um, it is connected to your diet, your kind of internal feelings of your physical body. Um, so it also deals with hormones. It also deals with um, a lot of that stuff. So it gets pretty deep. It gets big. Um, diet culture comes up. Eurocentric body image comes up. Um, there's a lot of things wrapped up into wellness and physical wellness specifically. Is there anything you want to add? No, I think you covered the bases. When it comes to definitions, you knock me out of the ballpark. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that I feel covers it all. The only thing I might add is um, how much mental wellness um, pays, plays a huge part and feeling those satisfaction levels that come into physical wellness. Um, but I feel like um, we'll talk a whole lot on that when we get to mental wellness. So we should probably just stick to the physical wellness topic at hand. <laughs> well, and it's so hard, right? Because I think even when I was trying to think about how to define it, I was trying to remove words like mental, emotional, because they are so interconnected mm -hmm. and they these things end up building a net, right? And, and the way that I see it is this is a net that if you fall, it catches you. And that's why they're so interconnected. Um, and I think that's also why people struggle with truncating and understanding just one aspect of wellness. Because mm -hmm, they're like, they intertwine. I like the net analogy. It gives it a clear uh, visual so I think that for me, I had a lot of misconceptions around physical wellness. Um, my family has always been pretty active, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that it was always in a healthy way or had the right purpose behind it. Um, growing up, I was physically active so that I could get a scholarship to college, even though that wasn't ever a thing that materialized. Um, and I feel like a lot of people that I was near and around were working towards scholarships through sports. Mm -hmm. um, we had a pretty active and a very big school that had a lot of opportunities. So that was a pretty big thing in my world. Did the athletics in your school were unmatched? Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah. private, some of the private schools in the area, but Right. <laughs> the Greater Catholic League. Yes. <laughs> if you're from Cincinnati, you get it. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of have... I, I'm on the same page with you. I think it's probably because we were raised in the same, very similar environments, um, or at least uh, by people who are from the same environment. Um I've had a very skewed 
route uh, with physical wellness on my journey. Um, it's probably the one I struggle with the most um, directly connected to mental um, mental wellness. And um, I can see where the seeds were planted all through my childhood. Totally. Um, my Because my family was relatively active. I mean, my dad was in the military. Like he, um, one of the, <laughs> I, I talk about it on the blog a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> my brother and I would do push-up challenges to see who could use the big shower. And we would <laughs> have races around like the house. That's how I sprained my ankle once. Cause I wanted to get up the stairs first so I could get the big shower because dad said whoever could run around the house fastest and in upstairs got the big shower. And so <laughs> it's just silly um things like that there's always um lots of pride in my physical wellness like capabilities and so mm-hmm. I, I root a lot of um other areas of wellness into my physical abilities but um a lot of the pressure necessarily wasn't the healthiest um just due to out um outlooks of people around me um mm-hmm. and we can talk about that because we can go straight into uh things we hear in the media and things we hear in our social circles that um, build our foundation within physical wellness that aren't healthy or they aren't the sturdiest steps to be standing on. Totally. Yeah. Diet culture seeps into the wellness venue often. And um, a lot of people would tell you that wellness is an upgraded version of diet culture. And I think that it easily can be. Um, Mm -hmm. Hiding behind the idea of a lifestyle and, you know, the, the privilege that comes with all of that too, right? Like not a lot of people have access to healthy foods. Food deserts are a real thing. Mm-hmm. And if the only thing that you have access to is a convenience store connected to a gas station and fast food, well, those are your options. And so the judgment that comes along with some of those things, right, for lack of access and then people who live in bigger bodies, well that that could be for so many different reasons genetics access ability mm-hmm. all of it plays into it um you know i i think that it's super interesting when you go and look at the body issue of sports illustrated you and i have talked about this before yeah. the the body issue is one of my favorite things not because there's naked people but because you get to see so many different bodies, shapes, sizes, colors, abilities, whatever. And all of them are world-class athletes. Mm-hmm. And their bodies all look different, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that is one of the most encouraging things that I saw in the media growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before I bash and condemn <laughs> so much of the things that we intake in terms of media, I will say that in the last five years, I'm seeing so many more body inclusive brands Mm -hmm. to the point that um, like one way that I almost go off of brands that I'll support one, like if they're ethical um, Mm -hmm. and then two, if I can scroll through and their first nine on their feed, one, like a woman or a person who is on the page is body looks like me or someone I know and it looks like a real person 
I'm more apt to want to invest in that product because it's relatable. It's like, oh, she's got cellulite and she's got stretch marks. Girl, so do I. Like, let's, I, I could look at, I could rock that swimsuit because she's rocking that swimsuit. So um, I feel like that, the, the new direction that some um, brands are taking is helping um, the physical wellness realm be reshaped. Mm -hmm. um, totally. And, you know, body advocates like Lizzo and oh. I Heart Erica on Instagram and some of the Sonia Lee Taylor who wrote the Body is Not an Apology book. Mm -hmm. I think that there are so many people out there and amazing people of color, mm -hmm. right? Female identified people of color who are just incredible. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that you say you look for people who kind of look like you. As a thin, able-bodied white person, I do the exact opposite, actually. Yeah. I look to see if there are people that would fit in plus size ranges. I look for people who don't have bodies that look like me because I know that I'm an easy body to fit, mm -hmm. right? Like I am that Eurocentric, idealized body. Mm -hmm. And I have my own qualms with some of the stuff, but I look for diversity in the brands that I am accessing. And so brands like Airy and brands like Girlfriend and Sanitas, um, these brands that offer not only bigger sizes, but also maternity options. Um, those things are important to me. I also look for who who's making the clothes, mm -hmm. right? Like, are you a dude who thinks that you know what mm -hmm. should go on my body, aloe and lululemon? Like, uh, it, no, <laughs> you don't. Yeah. But the people who started Sanitas, the people who started Girlfriend, the people who started Woven, I believe are all female identifying entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And so those are also things that I look for because I recognize that I should be the one bringing, and should is a terrible word to say, I as an able-bodied white person have the ability, access, and platform to spotlight these brands that maybe aren't as popular, mm -hmm. but are accessible, ethical, and cost-effective. Mm -hmm. And they promote, like, inclusivity. Totally. Yeah. And within that, there's a hope that they don't promote diet culture which is yeah I agree and that that's what I was when you said like you're throwing out like Lizzo and all those other women um and there there's obviously like men and other identifying people who will do this but like these are the ones that stick out my mind it's like they don't have the quintessential six-pack defined like biceps and they're like size two banging legs, but like they have, they're like, they're showing that they are healthy and the body that they have. Because like, I'm thinking Lizzo specifically, she's on her page working out, moving her, like that girl can dance better than anyone. <laughs> she dances and she's able, she's showing that she's able bodied and that is promoting her like physical wellness. You don't have to, you're not, 
like to like two percent of the whole population fits that um image that they're throwing on magazine covers and that they're airbrushing to make you believe that more than two percent can actually achieve that without restricting themselves and every other facet of their lives um to just show that you can you're healthy your health isn't determined by your physical appearance right yeah you can't just know somebody's health by looking at them in the mirror or looking at them walk down the street totally and to bring lizzo back to that i couldn't do what lizzo does Mm -mm. there's no way you can't twerk and play a flute at the same time no, not for three <laughs> hours straight. Heck no. Definitely not. Let, like, talent-wise, you know, she is off the charts crazy talented. Mm-hmm. But the discipline, the routine, the the mental faculties that go along with her physical wellness mm-hmm. are so inspiring. Yeah, I agree. And... I feel like you can't really tie health and physical wellness 100% together because you could be, in terms of like a doctor, the most unhealthy person in the world. But if you are completely satisfied with your physical body, your physical wellness is off the charts. Mm -hmm. You can be completely satisfied with your body and recognize that it, it, you might, I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to think of um, an example, like, you can be completely content with your body's ability, but still want to either in, be able to run further or longer or lift more weight or dance for a new a new style or just like push your physical limits, but still be satisfied with your physical body. Definitely. Yeah. And it brings up a lot of the complexities of physical wellness, right? Mm-hmm. That it's it's about intention. It's about goal setting. There's also boundaries involved. Mm-hmm. There's there's so much more to physical wellness than just eating mm-hmm. and exercise. And, and yeah, and you can even argue that. Well, it, you can argue you can't have physical wellness like be completely satisfied within your physical wellness until you are satisfied with your mental wellness, because. At least for me, um, I'm going to pull a direct um, example from my life. I am a nanny um, when I'm not teaching. uh, I've been with this family for years. And uh, one of the children is getting older and is becoming more aware of their body and has been coming to me with lots of concerns that are valid. They are concerns to that child. But they are misplaced uh, due to the language used in their environment. Mm-hmm. And I sat down with them and I felt I, by the grace of God, I had a friend who on Instagram posted a picture. Hey, Ashley, thank you for this. Um, and it was a picture of, you could tell it was a young girl, like probably like a teen girl had written on her leg and marker. It says, the only thing you need to change about your body is the way you think about it. And I had like a, oh, well, yeah, yeah. That was like a, I need like a reminder moment for me. But after having this conversation with the child that I, I nanny, I just showed it to them. And the, 
the conversation that I had with them in the car clicked. Mm. And it was the moment of like the aha moment for them where mm-hmm. they're like, oh, no. So I, like my my body is capable. I don't need to like I, the only thing that needs to change is how I think about it. And just we had that conversation just yesterday and they came to me this morning and they were like, I ran and I didn't do it because I thought he needed to do it to because I felt like I needed need to lose weight. I did it because I wanted to get ready for soccer practice so I would be able to run further at soccer. And I was like, yes. And then after lunch, they got into the cupboard and they grabbed a Reese's cup and said, I'm going to have this because I want it and I'm going to enjoy it because I can and walked away. And I was like, yes, yes, because oh, yeah. food isn't bad. No, food's <laughs> not bad. There's no good or bad food. There's just food. Some might be more nutritious than others. Right. But it's not good or bad either way. Mm-mm. It's about finding that balance. So, yeah, that quote, the only thing you need to change about your body is the way that you think about it, is like the quintessential way for me to be satisfied with physical wellness, but it's 100% mental. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Because it's, it's a relationship with your body. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what I've gotten to is it's not just how we talk to ourselves in our head. It's how we talk to our body parts too. Mm-hmm. Because there are things about my body that I struggle with, not because I want them to change, but because my proportions are so odd mm-hmm. that it sometimes I struggle to do certain yoga poses or I struggle to do certain things because my body doesn't have access to that. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I am not capable. It's that I don't have access. And that's so different. And changing that language Mm -hmm. that you use yourself. I'm, I, I can draw this back to at least like the the way, because of the conversation that I've been having with these kids, I've been bringing it home and talking to Brent about it. And we discuss our hypothetical children of the future often. And we discussed on our walk this morning, actually, how we want to approach language about our children's like physical body. And instead yeah. of telling them, oh, you're like, like on, on the sports field, hypothetically saying like, wow, you looked really great out there. Like, instead of saying like, wow, you looked really great out there on the field, be like, wow, I could tell you've really been practicing. Your skill level is insane. And reshaping that. And so they don't put so much of their identity and their capability in their physical appearance. Or their physical achievement. Yeah. Because if we have biological children, there is a 50-50 chance that they get the connective tissue disorder that I deal with mm-hmm. and reshaping our language around just like not because I, my parents didn't know until I was a teen that my body wasn't actually able to do the things that I was pushing it to do because I thought that's what I should do. And um, much like you, I wanted to go to college for like, uh, for swim and I, I couldn't, 
my body literally broke on me because I was pushing it to these limits. And, um, and that took years to <laughs> recover from because really? I put so much into that. And I feel like if, um, we had known or we, or just language around body image was changed in my environment. Um, I wouldn't battle with these things, but I'm also like, I don't like, I'm not remorseful that things went the way they did because I'm grateful. I'm able to talk with the children that I nanny and Mm -hmm. process and be like, I was, I, I was there. I've, I've, I have felt those things you are feeling and trust me, honey, you don't need to waste your time on them because you can run the miles. You can bike the bike. Like you can do all of this. You Mm -hmm. should be so grateful that you have a capable body and that you have access to food to fuel that body. Totally. You should be so grateful for that, the body that you dwell in. And so I want to be able to reframe that, um, that language in myself. So Mm -hmm. when it comes my time or even in my classrooms, like not even my time as a parent to like talk to kids and give them the tools to build a better future. It's like, I can, I can implement that in my classroom instead of being like, Oh, you look so cute today. It's like, Oh, are those new shoes? Like, there's like, there's such a big, it's, it's like small nuances that can make a world of a difference because we should yeah. value our mind more than we value our bodies because our bodies are changing all the time. Oh, and yeah, that, that's the only constant is change with them. Yes. Mm-hmm. You yeah. literally, you can see it. Like I love the uh, rawness of some of the women that I know we both follow on social media who <laughs> they're like 7.05 a.m. And then they're like, takes a sip of water, 7.06 a.m. And you can see that they're like your body ebbs and flows with the amount of liquids and food that is you're taking in because mm-hmm. that's what your body's designed to do. Absolutely. Your body's not designed to look photoshopped. Your body's designed to get you through your life with what you can give it. Mm-hmm. And that it's a reciprocal relationship. Mm-hmm. That you have to give it things so that it can function for you. Mm-hmm. And what I also heard in the process that you just had there was that you want to do two things. You want to shift from praise to encouragement. Mm-hmm. But you also want the encouragement to be process-oriented instead of achievement-oriented. Mm-hmm. And really what that all means for people who are struggling to make those connections is... Praise looks at my observation of you. Encouragement is looking at your process and encouraging your process. Mm -hmm. So for kids, praise is good job. Encouragement would be you worked so hard on that and completed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or you worked so hard on that and did your best. Mm hmm. And right? your best is the only thing I can ask from you. Exactly. And, and then even removing that expectation of completion mm-hmm. right? or achievement. Yeah. Because I think that especially for us growing up, happiness was always on the other side of achievement. Yeah. Like when I lose these 10 pounds before vacation, I'm going to be so happy. Exactly. 
when really happiness is found during the process of achievement. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, And so I think that those shifts that you're trying to make are huge because you're going to be focusing on the process and not just waiting for when that process ends. Mm-hmm. Because what if it doesn't? Yeah. A lot of my processes don't end. They just kind of evolve and change. Mm-hmm. So I've learned that achievement is a lot of times an illusion. Arrival is a, is an illusion. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, <laughs> the way I teach is one of those processes that's forever changing uh, mm-hmm. because it's directly based off of things I witness from my own experience or people around me and so I can implement it because I've I've tried to erase good job from my vocabulary so much um, since like my second semester in teaching school uh, because of like just seeing the impact on praising the process. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'll do, I've implemented that within um, like when they build a sculpture in the classroom or something, I'm like, oh my goodness, you put that block tall, like that tower's taller than you are. How did you get it up there? And I'm encouraging that process, but I haven't until recently in when I recognize for myself, like I could, like encourage that in terms of like physical mm-hmm. um, achievements and promote physical wellness with, with my language. Yeah. And so Definitely. I'm changing it with myself first because I can't, I got to practice what I preach, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that, so something that just popped into my brain was thinking of like, so there are some nights where I really don't want to cook a meal. Mm-hmm. I would much rather just grab something from my pantry and pop it in the microwave and go on with my day. But acknowledging that and saying, I really don't want to cook this meal right now, but I'm going to because it has more nutrients for me than this other thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And acknowledging that the time and the effort are worth what I get back out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that goes beautifully into routines and how you and I take care of ourselves it is time oriented. We give mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of time to taking care of ourselves physically, emotionally, mentally, all of that stuff. But yes. to kind of rein it back in, my morning routine and your morning routine, a lot of times involve a lot of wellness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, morning walks or morning yoga or like a, a soft physical activity is always integrated in my routines because it when I like those those like soft activities I like to refer to them because like I (laughs) I lift and I run and I do a lot of like hard activities as well so like a softer activity kind of just it wakes my mind and body up and brings that connection back together Mm -hmm. and helps me become aware of where's my energy level at where's my pain level at where is my, where are my satisfaction levels at? And that can quickly. How irritable am I today? Oh, yes. I know if I'm getting mad at my yoga teacher during my morning practice, it's going to be a rough day. Yeah. <laughs> and doing those check-ins helps 
doing those check-ins through a physical activity helps um, like connect all those little beads of wellness into that um, net that we were talking about. And I am so grateful for my husband because he has helped me go through this very, very topsy-turvy journey with my physical wellness. Um, in our everyday conversations, he asks me like the two, like two questions that I never, ever would have like gotten. Well, maybe I would have eventually, but not as quickly as I have gotten to, um, Mm. like usually midday when I get home from work, he's like, how's your energy level? How, how's your pain level? And it doesn't matter who we're around. It doesn't matter what we're doing. He'll just like do a quick check in. He's like, how's, or, and how's your hunger? He'll ask that one too, but he usually knows before he asks. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, how's your pain? How's your energy? And it's become such a regular thing for us. I just answer it without thinking. And the other day we were with people we aren't familiar with and we aren't with often. And Mm -hmm without think like a, without thinking he asked me and I answered it and he looks at the people he goes she's got a connected tissue disorder she'll be fine and he just keeps going on with this conversation and I'm so grateful he asked those because it brings me back into connection like checking that physical wellness because I get so busy with um other people and other things that I I tend to put myself on the back burner just mm-hmm. instinctually um, but in coming full circle, that's why my routines are so important because it's sometimes the only time of day that I will check in on myself without being prompted to. Totally. Yeah. And there are many days where Ryan will text me and he'll be like, have you eaten lunch yet? You should probably do that mm-hmm. because I, I, I forget. I am very cerebral. I get, I, usually cut things off at my neck and don't feel anything else beyond that. So it takes a lot of intentionality for me to connect to my body. Um, I found out that that is something that I learned from my mother. Um, And talking to her this week, we were talking about feminine female identifying health. um, And she has very little understanding about what her experience was when she was having periods and all of that stuff. Um, And up until probably three years ago, I didn't pay attention to my sexual health and all of those things that went along with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it was really interesting to be like, oh, I learned from you not to listen to my body. Got it. Yeah. Um, And that it has been something that I've had to figure out on my own and dealing with losing weight and it not being intentional. That part has been really hard for me because I had to figure out from the outside, everybody was telling me I looked great and that I was doing great and being great and blah, 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 blah. Right. Mm -hmm. You look smaller. That's a good thing. It wasn't. I was so incredibly anxious that I had lost 25 pounds Mm -hmm. in a year my first year of my doc program. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I came home in June for my dad's wedding and I was rail skinny. I'm still rail skinny, but I'm a little healthier now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I, I had lost so much weight and there were two people in my world that asked me if I was okay. Mm -hmm. 
because they had the understanding that it might not be healthy, positive weight mm-hmm. loss yeah. or healthy weight loss. It was mental health related mm-hmm. and very few people recognized that. Mm-hmm. And that's the danger, right? Of a Eurocentric, thin, able-bodied, idealized picture of health. It's yeah. a lie. Yeah. I, I wish I had been told that when I was young because <laughs> right. it's something I've had to unlearn and it's something that's hard it's something I struggle with daily to um I I have a complete understanding I am built I'm I'm not I'm thicker I'm just naturally like I'm muscly and I'm not super curvy I'm more rectangular in stature that's I was built I'm built like a swimmer straight up big shoulders big rib cage like that's just how I've um, built and it's kind of funny that the one sport that I was decent at is the one that my body was built for imagine that um, but I was surrounded by people who um, did credit like the like you saying the eurocentric build and put a lot of validation in that build and I spent 20 years of my life chasing that and it took me until I was unhealthily overweight to recognize that I will never look like that and you know what I don't really care I it's something I have to keep telling myself I don't care because I really shouldn't because I'm I'm bigger than that and bigger isn't necessarily bad bigger can be strong my I that's when I I stopped saying I want to be skinny I want to be skinny when I was like getting closer to 200 pounds I was like I don't want to be skinny I want to be strong I want to be healthy and I want to be happy I don't care Mm -hmm. what that looks like. I want to know what that feels like. Yes. And that, and since that flip switched, this journey has been so much easier on me. And I still have really hard days or I'll be getting in really unhealthy habits, which we can get into eating habits here in a second. I'll get really unhealthy habits and I might be looking better, but I'm not feeling better. And I have to draw that connection that, no, it, like you should probably eat three meals a day. <laughs> you, I should be eating um, certain numbers in my diet to stay healthy and to continue to get stronger and stay healthy and be happy. So. Yeah. Well, and I think that's really interesting because as soon as you started saying like, I need to hit certain numbers, I got triggered and I was like, yeah, numbers. I don't, yeah. I don't track shit. <laughs> I have found, um, yeah, this, this, I will put a trigger warning on this for people. Um, because I know numbers can be very scary and it's a way that people, um, utilized to control in an unhealthy matter. Um, but I will track my food to na- to show myself like, no, you're eating what you need to be eating. 
you know, I, and it, if I go over, like, there's not a number, there's not a number I'm like trying to go on, like stay under. There's a number I'm trying to go over. And I, I've, I'm now to a point where I don't try, like if I'm having super duper anxious weeks, I'm tracking meticulously because if I know I'm being fueled, I don't have to worry about that. And I don't overthink like, a, oh my gosh, I've eaten so much. I, I can't eat this. I need to work out more. It's like, no, you, you're, you've eaten plenty, like, or you've eaten enough or you haven't actually eaten enough. You've just feel full because you haven't been eating. And, um, but now I'm to a point where like, I know what balanced meals look like. I know what balanced meals feel like, but on super anxious weeks, like this week I'm tracking because I need to, I'm like, you need accountability. Yeah. That it's my way to, it's yeah, but I don't really, yeah, I agree. That's yeah. I need accountability and I haven't had to be tracking as diligently until recently with the added stress of um what's going on and I know that's super opposite because most people are like I can't track like it, it like I know it's it's opposite in my head though I don't know why it, it, it works for me <laughs> yeah, absolutely and for as somebody who's never been on a diet I've I've never been on a diet I don't know what that looks like I don't know what that feels like mm-hmm. I I have a pretty healthy relationship with food thank Thank God. Thank mm-hmm. my dad. Golly. Um, <laughs> I think that's a big perk of growing up with my dad. But I I I felt I felt pressure from other things, right? Mm-hmm. I felt pressure from the expectations of what I was supposed to look like for dance. I felt pressure mm-hmm. from thankfully I was on a team that didn't have weigh-ins or check-ins or anything like that. That that definitely happened. There were coaches that tracked periods. There were coaches that tracked all kinds of crazy things. Um, in high schoolers, it was gross. We all thought it was weird um, on my team because we all had very different bodies and that was mm-hmm. celebrated because we could all do different things. Mm-hmm. But there were definitely dance teams that we competed against that if you didn't have a certain body shape, you didn't make varsity. If you didn't have a certain look, you didn't make this. Um, There were teams that if you didn't have a certain hair color, you had to dye it so that you were more uniform with the team. Like it was crazy. The amount of manipulation that people went through for their bodies. Um, That's one reason I didn't continuous dance. Yeah, it's it's gross. It's a, it can be a very gross culture. Because um, I didn't look like a ballerina, so I couldn't be a ballerina. Or in my head, I had to look like a rockette and able and like to be able to dance. Mm-hmm. That's never gonna happen. I might yeah. have the height, but I don't have. <laughs> I have so much muscle, and it's not going away. I love my muscle. Absolutely, and it was opposite for me. I didn't get a main part because I was too tall. Mm. I I didn't fit in the costume that was already made for that part. So I didn't get it. You were taller than the boy. (laughs) So, um, yeah. And like, it's, it's so complex, right? Mm -hmm. Based on the experience, based on who you are, who was around you, what the values were of that culture, that community. Um, so different Two, we are on opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah, because my relationship with food is different, but my relationship with beauty standards 
Probably is say. rough because I didn't grow up through my teenage years with somebody to teach me what to do. Mm-hmm. So hair, <laughs> what? What is that? You just put up a ponytail, right? I didn't learn to braid until a year ago. Interesting. I I don't wear makeup because I don't really know how. And it's a total rejection from dance culture when I was caked with makeup. <laughs> so it, like it sometimes I feel very opposite it, when it comes to some of the struggles that I have with beauty stuff because for me it was I didn't have access to a teacher. And so I didn't know what to do. Instead, I had my mom who would come every couple months home and she would whisk me off to the salon and I would have my eyebrows waxed. I would have my nails done. I had acrylics when I was in sixth grade for years because that's what my mom wanted. I I dyed my hair for many years because that's what my mom wanted. She, She wanted me to be her doll and... So now I completely reject all of that. I bite my fingernails. I don't, I have, I haven't waxed my eyebrows since she paid for it. I <laughs> dyed my hair since she paid for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, for me, it has been this complete rejection of, and sometimes to my own detriment, because now I feel embarrassed to take care of myself, to curl my hair, to give myself a face mask, to massage my own feet and give myself a pedicure. I don't feel like I'm allowed to do those things mm. because, and it's working on it. I now yeah. do mask Mondays. Oh, face mask Mondays. I love that. Um, and so like, I, I'm starting to learn that I'm allowed to spend my money on face care. I'm allowed to spend my money on cute clothes that I wear. I never did that. Thank God for Ryan, who's mm. like, you, you're allowed to be feminine. Because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was allowed to. I didn't feel... And I think part of this comes from Christian culture. I didn't feel like I was allowed to be pretty because that would invite a rapist into my world. Ooh, spill that tea. Oh, yeah. Because you know, it's... And- it, we and we were taught not even within well I guess Christian society but like within in school like y- you as a woman have to cover up your body because men can't handle themselves right it's like I um, can't tell you the amount of dress cuts that I got for shorts I literally my fingertips go to my knees I literally wrote a teacher an essay. I was like, I can, I'm wearing nine inch, I'm wearing practically Bermuda shorts my sophomore year of high school just so I can wear shorts to school. No, this is ridiculous. There's nothing on me that's showing inappropriately. I just have mile long legs and mile long arms to match it. Right. Walk and fly in the pool, friend. I'm wearing my shorts. Yeah. Another reason I want to not put my kids in public school. Mm I have lots of qualms with that. And just, like, the pressure of other people in that area just – and I can relate to some of the things that you're saying in terms of, like, your relationship with makeup and hair. Like, you you need to look nice, but you can't look slutty. You need to look pretty and put together, but – 
don't put like literally it took me until I was in my 20s to feel like it was okay to put mascara on my bottom eyelashes because it's not too much Mm. have a natural look when you wear makeup but you can't wear glam every day you can only wear glam when you go to go out on the weekends Mm -hmm. or for a date or for a special occasion but cover up Thank you, Whitney Simmons, for teaching me that you're allowed to wear a glam look every day. Mm-hmm. Also an MHS grad. Cool things. Yes. But, and, and, and that's, that, like, we can connect that straight to that physical wellness. It's like, who gives a crap what other people think? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Take a look in the mirror. If you, and I will argue you should love yourself full glam and no makeup. And that's a whole other realm. But if you're, you feel confident and you put in that 45 or however long it takes to put on a full glam because that's how you're showing yourself that you love you, rock it. Go on those, yes. like wear it to the grocery store. Don't feel like. Especially now. Yeah. That's <laughs> you got. Yeah. Like don't maybe like it's it's a dangerous line to toe to find your identity and things like that but if it is a part of your self-love journey honey do it right that is so this is i love ballroom culture i love Mm -hmm. queer culture i love all of that stuff and part of what i have learned from ballroom culture is that sometimes it's really fun to play dress up and that we're allowed to still as adults Mm -hmm. and that we're allowed to explore ourselves through dressing up that that that's allowed that that doesn't have to just stop when you share shoes with your mom or share shoes with your parent that you want to emulate right Mm -hmm. like i Ballroom culture is one of the most beautiful things because they are unbridled authentically themselves. Mm-hmm. Playing. And, yes. And that and that goes for any range of exhibiting person. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's and, fluid, right? Like sometimes yes. I dress more masculine and sometimes I dress more feminine. I definitely dress more masculine during the winter and more feminine during the summer. That's just kind of how I ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. I'm not a super feminine, feminine person, mm-hmm. yeah. but I have long hair that goes to my butt. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> what my, I, for you guys who follow us on social media, I recently cut my hair off. Like I cut over a foot of hair off. And mm-hmm. my first comment was like, I love how non-gender conforming this haircut is because I can... I, I can dress it up or dress it down however I want. And, and I still feel so like, I feel so much more me because I don't have that hair to hide behind because mm-hmm. people weren't seeing me anymore. I would, it, it, I have very textured hair is very wavy and curly. And I've spent the last years trying to figure it out. And um, people were like, Oh, Casey, where's the mane if I had it up? Or I love it when your hair's down. Or I just love it when you straighten your hair. Or I love it when, and I'm like, I didn't ask you. I'm, 
I'm not doing great. My hair might look great, but I'm not doing great. How about you ask me about that? Or mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, my hair, my, my mane might be out tonight, but I also ran a Spartan race yesterday. You want to talk about that? Like, I felt like I was being devalued. Yeah, or just people were looking at my hair, not me. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, my hair isn't me. I'm me. Ask me about me. And so I'm going to get emotional. I'm sorry. Whew. It's a, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and there was like so much just like getting it cut off. I was like, oh, I'm me. And I felt like I had like the first genuine smile, you know, since the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. And because you had tried a couple of other things to make your hair feel like you. Mm-hmm. You had dyed it and re-dyed it. And then you're like, screw it. I'm cutting it off. Yeah, because, and I had, like, the whole, I've always had, like, medium length hair, all, and I wanted to see what long hair felt and looked like, and I wanted that for my wedding, because I was, like, that picturesque long hair and long white dress, and I was, like, I want to feel that, I want to feel how that, like, what looking that pretty feels like, which is so crappy to think that I connected it that way, um, and my hair wasn't even that long it was like medium length by the time I actually got married um but then I just kept letting it grow um because people did like it they're like oh I just love your long hair I've never seen your hair this long it's just so beautiful and when people have seen it now like I've cut it it's I get a few reactions like oh my gosh you cut your hair or I loved your long hair and I'm like I don't care. <laughs> it's it's me. And so um, part of finding that um, physical satisfaction for myself was changing something that I didn't connect to. And yes. I didn't need other people's validation to have that satisfaction with myself. I, in order to have that satisfaction, I had to feel like me, not feel like what other people expected me to be. Yes. And that goes with all aspects of how we express ourselves, right? Like what we choose to put on our bodies, how we choose to decorate our faces, whether it be with piercings or makeup or mm-hmm. facial hair, right? Don't mm-hmm. even get me started on the body hair expectations that women have. That is, it's a lot. Okay. And I am, I have people in my world who don't shave certain parts of their body and I think it's badass. Um, so I, I think that it's it's so complicated because even in what you just explored, it wasn't just about your internal dialogue. It was negotiating the external dialogue and deciding what fit or what didn't or who you cared about and who you didn't care about. Yeah. It's a lot, right? Because I think that for us who are in partnered situations – and partnered relationships, I also want to look good for my partner. And I want, oh, yeah. to, I want to be what he wants me to be, but within the confines of what I'll allow myself to be. Mm-hmm. He'll straight up tell you that I don't dress anywhere near the way that he would want me to dress. <laughs> I don't care. I'm still going to dress how I want to dress. And there may be days where I step out of my comfort zone to explore what that feels like to dress differently. Mm-hmm. But 
most of the time, I don't dress the way that he would want me to. Mm -hmm. So it, it's complicated because you got to got to weigh a bunch of stuff and you got to sift through a bunch of stuff. And, you know, there's so many messages that come from family, friends, advertisements everywhere, multi-level marketing schemes everywhere, trying to get into coaching programs and all of this other stuff, right? That I lost weight and I feel great. You will too, if you do as well. Right. You know, and, and there are, are fitness coaches, I'm doing the air quotes, yeah. that are pretending to be nutritionists and dietitians. Yeah. And there are registered dietitians who know way more than they do mm -hmm. because it's not about your personal experience with food. There is a lot of science behind that. And it takes a lot of shutting out the world and figuring out what works best for you. And yeah, I mean, I could talk for two hours on just food. Mm -hmm. um, and and we'll have to bring Maria on here at yeah. Vitary. Yeah. Oh my we'll gosh. On here eventually. Yes. We will put her in the show notes just so you can check her out. She has been she's really helped reshape um, and, and even just like the last few months for me and like reconnecting into what I really value uh, for my physical wellness. Um, she's great. She's awesome. And I so value her because her and I use each other quite often. Um, mm -hmm. So I stay in my lane of mental health and she stays in her lane of um, food and that kind of stuff. And so it is a lot of fun. Um, connecting with her. She has a wealth of knowledge. And by the time this episode comes out, she will be a registered dietitian and mm -hmm. have passed her exam. Yes. And she's a wealth of knowledge that um, I would love to expose our listeners to. And I would feel <laughs> so great to have a, like a full on conversation with her as well, because I haven't connected with her um, through social media, but I have taken in a ton of her information. And I already, I already knew we were going to talk so much on this topic, and I know we could honestly talk for even more. Um, but I feel like we covered a lot, and we each independently covered a ton. And I don't want to throw so much it for people to digest. And I guarantee we will do full circle back to this when we go to mental health, um, because mm -hmm. this physical wellness is one of like the biggest impacting things, and when it comes to mental wellness for me. Um, so I know I'll independently talk about it and <laughs> I'll lead the conversation that way. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, is there anything else that you really want to cover in terms of physical wellness before, um, we wrap the episode up? Um, I know there's so think, much we didn't cover, but there's so much we did. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I think the biggest thing is intentionality mm -hmm. and, um, know why you're doing it. If you're going on a diet, why? If you're starting an exercise program, why? Mm -hmm. If you're wanting to fit into your old pants from high school, why? Mm -hmm. Right? Like I, with all of this stuff, it's, it's the underneath motivations that lead to the actions mm -hmm. that I'm starting to question. Yeah. 
I feel like our tagline at the end of all of our episodes are just going to be like, don't forget to check in. Because yeah. ultimately, the only way to figure out this wellness journey is consistently checking in with any any portion of my ch- check-in or discuss, the only way you're going to know how you feel about it is you stop and ask yourself, why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you might not have the answer right away. Mm-mm. Well, That's okay. It, it changes all the time. Oh, it so changes. Yeah. It it's <laughs> it's a journey. It's it's not a stroll. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a voyage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that consistent checking in with either in yourself or whatever it is that keeps you accountable Mm -hmm. is key. Yeah. And having people love you enough to say you've lost too much weight. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't eat that because it makes your stomach feel bad later. Dairy might not be good for your digestive system. Take some tongues. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, we need people like that in our world. But I also want people to hear that even though we've talked a lot about external messages, you also need those because that's feedback. Mm-hmm. Right? In the same way that hunger cues are feedback, in the same way that our emotions are feedback, our family and friends are feedback as well. Mm-hmm. We and they may not through. know what to say or how to say it. Mm-hmm. But if we are aware, and that's, I think, what you're meaning by the check-ins is increasing that awareness of what's going on yeah. here inside of us. Like, why did it make me mad that they said that? Totally. Did they mean for it to make me mad? Probably not. Do I need to check in with myself again on why that made? And so it's like that constant feedback um, and sifting through certain comments that could have good intentions but come off wrong Mm -hmm. yeah I think so I think that we're gonna have people or be saying the same two things at the end of every episode checking in with intentions Mm -hmm. and checking in with satisfaction yeah the why and the impact Mm -hmm. and that everything depends Yes. It all depends. Oh, it's it, and it, <laughs> we could go to the same movie and experience it the com- completely differently. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's acknowledging those journeys of other people and recognizing that their experience is different than yours and hearing them out or giving them the benefit of the doubt and just learning through those. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like everything is always going to circle back to the name of our podcast and what we're here to do because that's what we're talking about, you know, it's yeah. the parallel journey and it's learning how to process your stuff so you can <laughs> help someone process through theirs as you go together. Um, it's like, it's a like, each other. Mm-hmm. Because although you're checking in with yourself to grow, you need others. We are hugely relational creatures. Totally. No matter how much we want to deny that we're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why this pandemic is so hard on people. Because we yes. don't have others to check in. So we're only 
cycling in our brain and reaching out can relieve so much and doing something maybe for someone else other than yourself can just like chill you out a bit, give you more perspective and allow that space to check in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, how are you feeling? Good. I'm, I'm like on the verge of being choked up, but I have been for like two days now. So <laughs> it's just been a really long week. <laughs> yeah, totally. Hmm. How are you feeling? Like, I just want to shake everybody. <laughs> yeah. I'm incredibly passionate, right? I, th- I think that <laughs> a good old pull yourself together moment from uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, it's more of a, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to live this life hating your body and hating the thing that carries you through every day. Mm-hmm. And and it's more of like a wake up and love yourself mm-hmm. feeling that I've got going on. Like I hope people hear that you're allowed to love yourself and however that shows up for you. Whether mm-hmm. that means you go full glam or whether that means you go all natural. I don't care. Just do it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We never want to anything we put out to make someone feel worse about themselves. That's not what we're here for. We we want you to come out of this listening experience, giving yourself the grace to love yourself. Totally. Mm-hmm. More than anything. And that you're not alone on this journey. We're here with you. No, I want to hug all of you. Like right now, I'm. it's so hard having some of these conversations with you, Allie, because like, I just want to hug you to the screen when we're done. <laughs> I know. Me too. I miss hugs. I miss hugs. And I'm, I think that's another reason I'm so emotional. I am covered in poison ivy from neck to toe everywhere except my bikini line. So I haven't been able to hug anybody. I like, I can't cuddle my husband. He literally puts like a sheet in between us because he, his skin is just as sensitive as mine. (laughs) And so like, I, I'm, I like the only person I've been able to suck any like physical uh like touch from i'm not i i can't right now mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard uh thank goodness for pets yes well, huey has been filling in the gaps and gus and percy even percy's been showing me love and he only ever really cuddles brent so although i'm craving it from others i am getting it for my pets so i'm grateful for them awesome yeah well is there anything you're looking for i've hugged ryan's the only person you've hugged yeah since march i haven't touched anybody else because i can't like that's not allowed here yet yeah i i am grateful that i have like the kids that i watch they're they're not a very like physical touch family um but they know that like the kids know that miss casey will always give you a hug if you need a hug and i think i get like seven hugs a day just from one of them yeah (laughs) because they get that they get that like oh okay need it's all it's all fine with the world Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's i think the biggest transition for me and this is something that's happened because of covid um I always offer. I'm not a huggy person. So this is a weird feeling for me to miss hugs. <laughs> I'm not a physical touch person. 
Um, but every session, I would always ask, how would you like to say goodbye today? High five, handshake, hug to my kids or adults, no matter what the age. And I can't give those options mm. right now. It's a air five or thumbs up. So it's just so different um, because even that part of my physical wellness and their physical wellness, right? My client's physical wellness isn't being met. And that that's hard for me. Yeah. We didn't even talk about touch as being something that goes into this physical wellness, but we'll get there one day. Um, Cause yeah. I don't want to go. I want to hold you up any longer. Um, you're looking forward to anything in the next few weeks? Ooh, anything in the next few weeks. Or any, like, highlight from your past week that you want to share? Um, in the past couple of weeks, we've gotten to see – I got to see one of my best friends down in Colorado Springs and her baby mm. over the last week. Um, and I think the other things that I'm looking forward to within the next couple of weeks are we have a camping trip planned Ooh. for the middle of August. So we have a couple of weeks until that. And – um, my cousin, one of my favorite people on the planet, he and his girlfriend are coming to visit mm. at the end of this month. So, yeah. And, oh, and I have my Ashtanga intensive next week. Oh, that's so huge. I, I'm forward to. Yeah. Yeah. So I will be finishing up my in-person yoga teacher training hours next week. So amazing. Yay. Yeah. I'm happy for so, you. What about you? Uh, highlight from like the past week. Um I love our fire pit. We spend so many hours out there. And yes. oh yeah, we bought a house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I addressed that on here. <laughs> we bought a house. Um, so our fire pit in the backyard has been just like a highlight for many, many nights where we just unwind, have a beer, and just like enjoy our yard. Um, and so I think something I've been I'm looking forward to for for the next time we talk. Um we're going canoeing this weekend. Fun. Yeah, because our house is literally a mile from the river now. So we have access to that. We're thinking like next spring we'll invest in like our own kayaks because it is so close. Um, yeah. But I'm excited to get on the water. Awesome. Yeah. That'll be so much fun. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I guess we'll say goodbye. Yep. All right, you guys. Thank this you. is Allie yep. signing off. <laughs> And Casey, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys in two weeks. Two weeks. See ya. <laughs> Bye.